0: Traveling
1: the Vortex We've joined the doctor as he travels the vortex And he arrives at episode 364 Where our receivers and manners are better than yours I'm Keith I'm Sean I'm Glenn How are you guys? Sickly Glenn is sickly Thus, the late recording.
2: We have two podcasters and an outbreak monkey.
1: <laughs> Typhoid Glenn. I'm spreading my germs. My father-in-law is sick, <laughs> and now my mother-in-law is sick. Mm-hmm. So I've I've got a couple of days of nice days off with Jimma <laughs> this week. What did you guys do this week? Well, I had a couple of really nice days off uh, unexpectedly. <laughs> <laughs> Me too.
0: <laughs>
1: but yeah, but yours weren't nice days off. No, they weren't. I got to relax at home with my baby. I did watch uh, *Hunt for the Wilder People*. That is a quirky film, but really enjoyable. I, I would highly recommend this one. It has some really good humor in it, and very heartwarming. Good stuff. Cool.
2: I went and saw *Lady Bird*. Ooh, which was good. Uh, performances are phenomenal. I don't know that I would have necessarily put it up in my, you know, best film of the year material, but apparently I'm wrong because everybody's voting for it for everything. Um. But it, it was it was a good movie, um, and then the next day we went and saw The Shape of Water. Ooh, yeah, that, as good as it looks. It's as good as it looks. Beautifully shot, gorgeous romantic um, creature movie, <laughs> <laughs> which doesn't sound like it should go together at all. Our romantic monster movie. Got my lights down. I'm kind of excited over that. Got Christmas finally put away. <laughs> Glenn, what you do? Oh, yeah, I remember.
1: <laughs> did you do anything besides get sick? I did catch up on all my TV shows, so I oh. finished
0: Punisher. It's a really good series. Slow start, but it's really, really good. It really ends up well.
1: I did also listen to Unit Assembled, Volume 5 of the new Unit series.
2: Well, you're just trucking through those.
1: Uh, yeah. But they, I mean, I've kind of listened to them as they've come out, so it's not like it's mainlining them or anything. It is so good. <laughs> because this is the one that's new unit, old unit, and then Silurians and Sea Devils. Mm. Ooh. There there's one missed huge missed opportunity, but other than, uh, although I can fit <laughs> a it a certain in, murka Yeah. There, <laughs> it doesn't make an appearance. But I can make a head that there's a form of Merca there. <laughs> they just don't really? name they just don't name drop it. But it's, it's so. How they use the classic unit characters is so
2: fantastic. So well done. Remind me when we get to those that I'll, uh, I'll build a adversary archive out of the Mirka. We'll include <laughs> that one.
0: Anything else?
1: I don't think so. Let's yeah. move on to some news. Uh, Big Finish has announced that after the conclusion of Doom Coalition, the Eighth Doctor is back. Yes. This is different than the Time War. So the, there's going to be two different lines for the 8th Doctor, running concurrently. The Time War is still going to be coming out. And now, Ravenous.
2: These will obviously be set before the Time War. These will be
1: set before the Time War. This is post-Doom Coalition.
2: Aren't you glad we hadn't got to those yet? Because they've been in the wrong order. So
1: this is (laughs) (laughs) post-Doom Coalition, coalition, but pre-Time War. From what I understand. He will be joined by Hattie Moran, Nicola Walker, and Mark... Bonner, I'll return. And
2: it's. uh, Hurry up, get to it. Hurry up, get to it.
1: (laughs) Going to feature Ian McNeese as Churchill. And they're bringing back Candyman in one story. (laughs) That's the big news.
2: I'm really disappointed. (laughs) I can tell Glenn's sick because I didn't get
0: more of an elated woohoo from him online. (laughs) I woohooed earlier when I read the. Read the thing. It really
1: makes me want to mow through uh, Doom Coalition so I can get to this story now. Because if time war wasn't enough to make me want to jump in and really plow through it, <laughs> did you go to the, the Candyman will.
2: Did you go to the site and listen to the trailer? No, I haven't. Uh, so there's four stories in the box set. And right. So the trailer's split up into, here's a tiny little segment of each story. And one of them is the moment. And the doc, it's, you know, McGann, being McGann and being awesome. He goes, I know you, don't I? and the Candyman starts to recite the Sugar and Sweet poem. (laughs) And he goes, it is you, isn't it, Candyman? And I went, (laughs) ah! That's awesome. I was quite (laughs) elated.
1: There's going to be three box sets of Ravenous, so who knows what's coming down the line. But April 2018. No, I take it back, four box sets of Ravenous.
2: Thanks, Big Finish. I
1: don't think they all will feature Candyman, unfortunately. No, I'm sure he's only. He even... should be the big bad for the entire
2: Ravenous. Well, it's Ravenous, right? I, exactly.
1: <laughs> makes sense.
2: That'll be John Sims' master.
1: <laughs> It'd be John Sims' master and Candyman teaming up.
2: Oh yeah. Oh yeah, I would totally listen
1: to that. <laughs> I'd too, I'd pay to listen to that too. Two, two characters so bonkers that it only makes sense that they're together. <laughs> He had to do something before he got on that spaceship on from Mondas. <laughs> uh. Uh, our other bit of news comes from our good friends at Candy Jar. They have rearranged the Series 5 schedule a little bit, and coming up later this month will be a very private haunting by Sharon Bidwell.
2: So that is the next official. Because it's the kickoff for right. 5, right?
1: The kickoff for 5. There will be a special edition available, which explains Includes an extended version of the short story The Wishing Bazaar, which Sharon Bidwell wrote. And then, of course, uh, making me read these things again.
2: (laughs) Here's all the stuff Andy made me take out.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, There's going to be a digital short called The Comrades by Brian Gallagher, a tale set during the Cold War. Mm. And so now, series five line goes. A Very Private Haunting, The Man From Yesterday, and capping off with The New Unusual. Good to know. So that's that's it. It's fit to print.
2: I hope Comrades brings back that uh, Russian sub-captain from... Uh, yeah. Uh, which one was it? Stone?
0: Stones of... Wait.
2: <laughs> not Mind of Stone. No. It's the earlier one.
0: Almost the Stones of Venice. That's not right Atlantis. Either. Stones of Atlantis. Stones of Atlantis.
2: Blood of Atlantis. Blood, Blood Atlantis. of Atlantis, yes. There's no stones. Well, there was a stone, but... They were made of they, stones. Yeah, they were stone. Okay, yeah. right. Blood <laughs> I, That Russian captain from that one, I hope, comes back in <laughs> combat. Oh, he may not, but I liked him. Andy, that guy should come back. If he's not coming back, I'll just tell you. <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's it for news, and we don't have any feedback this week.
0: Let's move on to our review. Planets... Of
1: evil. The Doctor and Sarah Jane answer an intergalactic distress call that takes them to a far-flung planet, Zeta Minor, at the edge of the known universe. Arriving at the same time as a rescue team, they search for survivors of an earlier expedition. But will anyone be allowed to leave the planet alive? Bum, bum, bum. Yes, but they don't get very far. (laughs) (laughs) Because we spend half the story not on the planet. That's true. Almost more than half.
2: Almost more than half.
1: No, actually, Yeah. <laughs> I think more than half. Nah, it's about half. Yeah. <laughs> I wasn't overly wowed by this story. I think they're Aww. on that ship
0: two of the... Or three of the four episodes. I think so, yeah. too. <clears throat> of course,
1: some of that three of the four, they were on planet. The doctor goes back to the planet, but wasn't wasn't the ship on landed, landed on, the planet, landed on for the planet okay yeah.
2: so i guess if you're counting those scenes before they get to the planet then yes actually there's more than yeah. half but you can't call it ship of evil it doesn't have the same ring
0: <laughs> and really the planet wasn't well, they weren't evil. trying to escape the ship they were trying to escape the planet. <laughs> i think there's i mean that's that's typical of doctor who and the the misguided title oh I mean, they yeah do that absolutely frequently. The planet's not unlike inherently from the pit. evil. It's just.
2: <laughs> Did you know we made that joke? Did you notice there was a creature, and in there a was a pit. That's <laughs> true. That was my first thought. And was, the creature, oh, look, was from pit. the pit. <laughs> um, yeah, you didn't like it.
1: I I didn't love it. I
2: Keith didn't like it. <laughs>
1: it, it was it was a fine story. Um, I thought it had some really good ideas in it. I think it, part of why I didn't enjoy it as much is even knowing where this takes place in Tom's run, it didn't seem like his normal Tom...
0: He's very stoic. He's very way. stoic. Mm-hmm. He's much more serious. Mm-hmm. And
1: especially considering where he is in his run, this is just after Terror of the Zygons, at his peak of zaniness, in my opinion. It, he's not. If there, you,
0: there, There's darkness and zaniness at the same time. If you, there's, if you look back, though, it... Uh, Zygons—he's very much the same stoic character's There's not a lot of zany to it, is mm, he? That's true. And and that was kind of a, that was kind of a zone that he was in when they started the second season, his second season.
1: I guess I'm just so used to first season, Tom.
0: Yeah. Um, well, and I lumped terror in and, with and, that. And so. then, it, I have a feeling it probably had the 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 series probably had a lot to do with what was happening in Tom's life at the time. Mm. And I don't know specifically what was happening at this time. But Tom seems to be a very, you know, kind of ebb and flow type person. And I think maybe this was maybe a time where he wasn't as, you know, happy or as excited. I, I don't think it had anything to do with Doctor Who because uh, I think not. he was excited about doing that. And he was really engrossing himself in the Doctor. But I, I think there's a there's at least Zygons, this one, and then I can't remember what follows this one up. But there's, there is there is a a period of time there where... He does kind of he plays the Doctor a little bit more subdued than he does in season one and then or his first season. Season one. His first season and his even his third season. I think yeah. he kind of becomes a bit, you know, zanier again as, as as time goes on, especially with Sarah when you look at like uh uh So pyramids is next. Yes. So okay. So I was I was about she to say he's a little dour in pyra- on that one too. Well, yeah, I he's, think Pyramid's he's written dour, but uh, he's dour I think early on. But I think that there are those little he kind of there's those little Tomism moments. Yeah, in in Pyramid, and I think that's cool. I think that's running, kind of the yeah I can think that's kind that's of the, the kind of upward, yeah. And I think that's part of that's
1: I think that's a large part of it. It felt like he wasn't quite written as Tomish. He's just kind of written more generically. I felt I um, can see that. I thought Sarah had a, a decent amount to do, but their chemistry didn't quite seem on point is oh really i thought is. that
0: that's what i thought was spot on this is this is the first story that i really feel like uh tom and and sarah or the doctor and, and sarah jane are becoming very much in sync in tune with each other and becoming very very good friends at this point well i, I and think so i think that they they i think their chemistry really works from this point on from this story on
1: the best i, I think it, it really shows that they're working together well and the fact that they can really split up and get stuff done the way they want to. Yeah. I, don't, I don't know if the the jabbing at each other is the, the fun poking that normally I see between the two of them was as prevalent in this well, one. Well,
0: That's series 17's poking at each other's. I mean, well, I guess I suppose there's a little bit more of that later on as well in eighteen.
2: No, there's there's others twelve. <clears> twelve <throat> season? Was, oh, I was I'm was, sorry, season twelve. That's, that's why that's I'm, where I'm back. With it. Okay. I'm going way too.
0: Far. <laughs> <laughs> my my brain scrambled today. Yes. I know well, what you meant early on. Yeah, <laughs> that's why I'm going to default back to the first season, his first season, twelve. Yes, um, there, there, there's that, but in a different way because they're really kind of re-getting to know each other. And right, I think this is the point where they really kind of, I think they really kind of uh, become more in sync from this point on, in my opinion. <clears throat>
1: I think they're more in sync. I just, it doesn't seem like they're having as much fun together as normal.
0: Well, it's Planet's Evil. <laughs> I, think, I think, though, the Doctor sells the gravity of the situation here, too. Oh, he does. I think he really, especially when he's got a ship of people that aren't listening to him the whole nine I, I, yards. I think
1: another part of it is I wish I would have cared about any of the people on the ship. The the one guy, the one scientist guy that I actually trusts and listen to the doctor, I liked. Everyone else, I could have died. I didn't really care about him. especially mm-hmm. especially the, the the leader. Which science guy that
0: listened pieces. to him? The, the Guy lead, who was the, infected.
2: The gray haired guy. The gray haired. Oh, he wasn't a. Well, I guess he was. He uh, was second in command. He was, yeah, he's he also another military guy, guy. Yeah, yeah. Riker. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: Complete
1: with the chest hair
2: down <laughs> yeah. there. I don't.
0: Know, I like the ship's commander too, though. I mean. I don't like him but he plays the type. Yeah, well, he does. He plays and he does the type. He doesn't well. I I I quite enjoyed because it really does give somebody for you to play off of as an antagonist when you don't you're not really the antagonist. I mean, you are but you're not. But uh you got two antagonists here. You've got the evil and then you've got <laughs> this ship commander and uh I kind of like the two layers of 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 having that working against Thomas. Hi called call him Tom. The doctor and Sarah Jane. And yeah, I I, I liked it. I kinda liked the, the dynamic there. I went I was kind I was gonna come here tonight and say, yeah, you know, this was kind of a middle of the road story. I enjoyed this story. It's probably only the third time I've seen this one because I haven't seen it a lot. I was and the more I talk about it, the more I liked it. So <laughs> <laughs> This was a darn good bump bum bump. Bum. <laughs> so I haven't let Sean talk. I keep interrupting him. Go on. Stop.
2: Um, the story is nothing but problems it's very cookie cutter it's very template Doctor Who we've got a problem and oh everybody's dead and the Doctor and Sarah get blamed for it and then there's a whole new group of people that show up that we're going to play Ten Little (laughs) Indians with and start killing them off one at a time with whatever this malevolent insert creature, insert force insert whatever here Um, it's a world of antimatter or at least it's touching the world of antimatter, but it's not the same antimatter from Omega's universe, <laughs> so it
0: behaves differently. Well, it can be because it's nearest an, a- yeah. antimatter. antimatter can it's be like on the outskirts of an antimatter universe.
2: Right, but it's not the antimatter universe, it's just a antimatter universe.
0: Okay, whatever. It can be the edge of the antimatter universe then it should
2: behave according to the rules that were previously established. Mm-hmm. Not that Doctor Who's ever established rules sort of and played with it them. It sort of but, does know. and it doesn't, though. Um, I mean, I don't know that antimatter is
0: own- going to actually snap back like a rubber band. But. <laughs>
2: <laughs> and then there's the, uh, the, the, the caricatures of the, you know, okay, I'm the guy that's not going to trust you, so I have to be completely this guy. And, the guy and, does and, a really good job of oh, making yeah. you hate him. Now, <laughs> having said that, I do not care one lick. I love this story. I love it. And I love it because it's Cookie Cutter Doctor Who, and it's a template, and I know what I'm getting into.
0: It's comfort food. Comfort it's comfort food. food. Yeah. Exactly. That's, it a, that's really exactly is. it.
2: The, the the sets are fantastic. I'm going to go off on my production values. The interior of the spaceship, and I, I watched a little bit of the documentaries on this, and one of the things they talked about is the studio floor. And it drove them nuts because anytime they shot in the studio in order to get the cameras to move around, they had to leave the floor alone. Sometimes they'd paint it, but it was always the studio floor. And it was always recognizable as that's the studio floor. If a Dalek rolled through the shot, you knew what you you know. So it didn't matter what you built because you knew where you were at. And it was having trouble for them to suspend their disbelief. So the set designer for this one, he was very involved in upper levels and stairs and ladders and let's put things there so that we can shoot up (laughs) and get you you off the the floor. floor. Uh, and I, I, I didn't look, but I suspect it's probably the same guy that did... Um,
0: Warriors of the Deep.
2: Warriors of the Deep or um, Ark yeah. in Space was another oh, one. They Ark had a lot Space. of the multi-level.
0: Well, the, the one that I was thinking of, although they, they got off the tripod a lot or the camera stand a lot, was the one with the lions. In the e-space uh Warriors Gate. Warriors Gate, yeah. The one with the lions. Oh, that one. The lion people. <laughs>
2: Um, But there's that. And then there's the planet. The jungle is phenomenal. This does mm. not look like any other studio-bound jungle set that yes, they've I ever I, created.
0: I, I'll go with that. It does look very I different. don't think and it they, looks great, but I do agree with Especially
1: it. compared to uh, see, just recently watching Creature from the Pit and seeing them actually film in a jungle, you can truly tell the difference.
2: I mean, I mean compare the jungle set. Here to the jungle set for Creature from the Pit, or the the jungle set from uh, uh, what's the one with the big mandible? The scary one that wasn't scary. Um, Romana and the drug, and the
0: oh, uh, Nightmare of Eden,
2: Nightmare of Eden, when they go in through the little window into the jungle, yeah, that looks like, or 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 the ark it's the same jungle set this all of a sudden this was an alien world I bought well, into that I think hardcore.
0: what I think what this one has going for it is it's not a jungle it's an alien world is what it is yeah. it, it has they jungle jungle like atmosphere and jungle like trappings but it's it's different colors it's different exactly. look it's yeah. de- so that that's what it has going for it they I made still, an
1: effort to make it look alien as opposed to a yeah, I
0: think there's a lot of moments in this and I don't fall Doctor Who for this because they shot on a set but Th- this one really looks like a set to me throughout most of it. I mean, and I think that's the only little thing that, that bothered me about it. But then again, you're right. You're, you, you're exactly right. It's it, uh, above and beyond some of the other jungles. And not not creature because that was all shot outdoors. But well, and, <coughs> so for the um, most part,
2: this was apparently a direct response to star Trek because the guy watched all these Star Trek episodes and went, how come every planet they go to is the same? It's a desert with a couple of rocks and then a colored backdrop. <laughs> I'm not going to do that on Doctor Who. So he he went and convinced them, and they apparently even redirected some funds from later in the season to really do this one up. Hmm. So it kind of hurts me that you think, oh, it's three parts ship and one part jungle. So
1: well, there's a is lot of most, it
0: is, For the most part, It's the, most of it's done on the ship. And the ship has...
2: Gorgeous sets.
1: It is. And I like the effect. I I like I genuinely did like the sets and the effects throughout this entire thing. I like the look of the antimatter monster. I think that's a really cool and clever way to try to portray that. Uh the effect it has on the people when it kills them, the the, the, the mummified looking corpses that it leaves behind, I thought was a very clever and cool idea. I think there's a lot of great production value. It was just my enjoyment while
0: watching it. wasn't as high. Mm. I think the the thing that the speaking of the spaceship or the ship set, it it doesn't at any time have that running through corridors feel where they're no. running down the same corridor because there are so many different levels and 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 different angles and things like that. So I think Other that's going its Up into
2: well. the storage area, which you then have to walk back down to get into. Yeah, <laughs> well, <laughs> one outside or one inside. It's but like, that's okay that because that's
0: that that's one location though too. I mean that yeah. that that's the point is when you get there, you know where you're at. A lot of times. Yeah. When you run through corridors, it could be in, it could be the same corridor over and over again to get to the to completely different places, and so this one doesn't have that feel of continually running through the same corridor. Right. Yeah.
2: But um, and then the, the the monster. Now I've seen people online, and even I think the jacket they describe it as oh it's this is this is the one where they ripped off uh, the Doctor Jekyll and Mister Hyde because we're in that. Let's rip off classic literature who stage. I've never really seen Jekyll and Hyde. I mean, I understand where they're coming from with the professor once he gets infected with Annie Manor and kind of loses it. But I've never really seen Jekyll and Hyde in this story. Now, Forbidden Planet, yes. I totally get Forbidden Planet. We've got an invisible monster. We've got the the base that's been nearly wiped out and the people that aren't there. And I love Forbidden Planet. So that's another reason my enjoyment of this one is way up there because it's like yeah if you're going to steal Forbidden Planet steal Forbidden Planet and do the Invisible Monster cool you talk about the relationship between the Doctor and Sarah and I think for me it's always been after the initial shock of seeing him change in, in Robot and Robot feels weird for the Sarah Jane Doctor relationship but then we follow Robot up with Ark in Space and for me, they fall right back into it. They're Sarah Jane and the Doctor. This is just how it is, and this is how it's meant to be. And it's got my favorite line when you know you lie there blubbing, and he's kind of prodding her from verbally, and you know they're in that verbal sparring mode that I think you were, yeah, you were talking about. Yeah. But this one, while the Doctor's a little more stoic, this is just they're, they've settled into that old married couple routine, where they're still they are very comfortable in the relationship, and she's still giving him pointers about. Well, you know, we could go do this. Well, we can't do that because of this. Yeah, but the force field's turned off. Ah, you know, and yeah, it, yeah. It, he just doesn't play it up maybe as much as, say, a season sixteen, <laughs> Douglas Adams doctor would. Right. right yeah. But it's it's still there that she's still, you know, prodding and giving these these pointers. And I just I every interaction they have is is golden. I say. I, I agree. I agree.
0: Riveted watching well, quite, the performance from these two. I think that the. What this also does is it takes Harry Sullivan out of the picture, which isn't always a good thing because I really enjoyed Harry Sullivan, but this is the first one the first away one from one, Harry. Yeah. And I think why I felt like they were always, I, I think you're right, Ark and Space is that spark of familiarity, but I still think that all the way through, although part of it's because they're separated so often because you've got Harry thrown into the mix, <clears throat> But I think their relationship, and it's probably because you've removed Harry at this point, This from this point on is where their relationship really feels like you know uh, they know each other. Yeah. And I think that that's, that's the Sarah, Jane, and Doctor relationship that I like is from this point on. Um, but I think maybe if I put my finger on it, it's because Harry's there that it doesn't feel the same as it does once Harry's gone. So. Yeah, I
2: could buy <laughs> that. Because then you follow this one up with, uh, with pyramids. Pyramids, and, you know, yeah. She's got the gun. Don't miss. I won't miss. And that's all they have to, you know. Yeah. He didn't need to say it, and she didn't need to tell him that she wasn't going to. But they did, and then you know, it's just oh, God! I love the Doctor and Sarah Jane together.
0: Which is still one of my favorite um, Doctor and Sarah Jane stories.
2: It's a good one, hmm. but um, so yeah, I mean, the, the you know the plot, yeah. Like I said, it's cookie cutter, but it, it's it for me, it's very much comfort food. And here's the weird thing about this: maybe I'm coming at this almost too fresh. Because there are Doctor Who stories that I look at as comfort food, and I can't wait to watch them again. Pyramids, or Hurricane Space, or Invisible Enemy. Um, (laughs) But then, this is one. I was sitting there watching it, and it was all new. I don't think I've seen this probably since the first time KCPT aired it. You know, way back when. That was probably Mm. the first time I saw it, and I don't think I've watched it again since then. So, you know... I, I I knew I recognized the jungle from the cover, but that was about it. And as it kind of went into it and started going, I was like, okay, yeah, I kind of remember this. And then they launched the little robot hover drone thing. I was like, oh yeah, okay, I kind of remember that because it creeped me out with the the weird eye on the on the front of it. But that was about it. I didn't re- I didn't remember anything else. And then it got to the ship and I went, oh okay, I kind of remember this. I remember them being. Uh, uh, tied up and put in the in the that was in ejection, the, the ejection yeah, tube, yeah. which was a great scene. Yeah, that was great. It was so great they would later steal it and use it again in uh, *Seeds of Doom*, mm. <laughs> <laughs> only with a multi blade at the end. Yeah, but um, I, I, I just it just kind of kept unfolding on me. Going, I don't remember this. I don't. Remember. Oh, this part I kind of sort of remember. No, I don't remember this. I don't. This. So it just it was it was like discovering. It was like it was like discovering there was a Doctor Who episode that I had never seen, <laughs> and going, "Oh, I love this!" Because I've never seen it, so I don't. It was just it was too fresh for me. Maybe I
0: there's know. a lot of times that I, I'll I'll do that where I just won't remember much about it, knowing that I had seen it years ago. This one though, I think I don't think I got it from you. I think I got this one. This was one of the ones that Duncan's Movie Magic had.
2: Yeah, I don't remember owning this one, <clears throat> and
0: I remember uh, well didn't Rent it because I worked there, but checking that one out and watching it, and it seems like I've even now that I I said three times, but now I'm thinking I think I also saw this on Daily Motion more recently. This was one of the ones that was on Daily Motion for Daily Motion, yeah, Daily Motion website for a while. But so this was probably the third or fourth viewing of it. But I like it. I I knew what I was getting into though because I it was fresh enough in my mind even Mm -hmm. after what five or six years that what it was and. Um, Rambling. <laughs> <laughs> I forget that you, you did
2: do a. Um, I mean, I, I I I'm aware that you've always been. I don't know if I can call you a bigger Hoof fan than me, but <laughs> <laughs> a, a more habitual rewatcher. There you go. I, and and I, I remember specifically when we first started the podcast, and just before when you you'd kind of come with the idea, and I'm like, yeah, I'm down for it. And I kind of remember being peripherally aware that you had started. Getting a little more serious about doing some research ahead of time,
0: yeah.
2: and I, I've always I, kind of been a before, fly by the seat of my pants. Okay, yeah. what are we doing this week? All now, right, I should even, go watch even,
0: that. Even before that, I was because I I got re intrigued, uh, particularly after the movie came back out, the '96 film, and I think I stumbled across a few years later the early big finish stuff when it was coming out, and then uh, of course you and I had met '94, and I borrowed. A dozen of your, you had a bunch of stuff of VHS you hadn't even watched. Oh, yeah. well, that's, that's the collector. Name.
2: Even as, even as I was buying them in the early parts of the podcast, I would go and start picking them up and I'd put them on the shelf and go, "Look, yeah. I have twelve Doctor Who episodes now."
0: <laughs>
2: I think I probably only watched one of the twelve. Yeah, yeah. and it was Brain Amorbius Morbius because oh, it's Morbius. <laughs> so, um, but talk, I am, talk about comfort food.
0: Plus, whatever you didn't have, Dunkin's had. Yeah, you know, or, or some of them were double, but somehow I get Dunkin's and then. I got online there for a while before the series came back in 2005. And that's where I started finding some of them online. Although it was still hard to watch them back then because you either had to download them or watch them on a really tiny streaming video. Yeah. And then over the course of the last, you know, 10 years or so, I've watched a bunch of them that I didn't have on Daily Motion or other avenues. So iTunes, things like that.
2: <clears throat> yeah. It's, 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 it's funny how. You know, the memory cheats, because mine was telling me, I don't think I've ever seen this, <laughs> but I'm, I had to have.
0: What is it? That was 30 years ago, Sean. 30 plus years God, ago. don't remind <laughs> it. Somebody made that. That's c- why. I mean, Somebody made that comment. That if said, you watched Star Wars in 77 and then didn't watch it again <laughs> until today. It might seem new to me. Yeah, it would seem very new to you. You would remember hardly any of
2: it. Somebody made that comment about all the kids that are born in the year 2000 are now 18. we're not going to talk about that (laughs) but um, yeah so well I'm trying to think because when PBS was run on them it would have been and maybe 80 well not even 80 somewhere between probably 79 and 84 is probably the first time I saw it so yeah 30 years 35 <clears throat> <Four> years. <laughs> I don't want to do the math. I just, I, I really liked it. I, I had a great time watching this and I was just captivated and could not believe that it was one that I, 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 I hadn't re seen. One thing I did like
1: about it was the the professor guy that gets mutated and starts turning his whole story arc of him wanting to prove his theory of trying to improve energy. And I thought that was a really nice and progressive storyline
0: for him to have well it works well is it turns i mean because he's the one that's infected it turns him from being the bad guy of the piece into being the victim of the piece because right. he really is trying to do something positive yeah and it uh, just all blows know, up in his face i think the thing that i don't like about it and you talked a little bit about the borrowing from jekyll and hyde was the jekyll and hyde aspect of it and I think for for visual purposes, they, they went that way, that he transforms into this monster. But I kind of felt like if you were being infected by this antimatter or being possessed by this creature that's, that's infiltrating this ship in this way, I don't think that you would have that Jekyll and Hyde persona type. I mean, uh, the outer appearance. You would have it... Uh, Oh uh, yeah, your mental faculties. He would be almost that had way. a a look to him. Yeah, yeah. what was the, the the point of having the yeah you know, the, the viral look to him? But to uh, give a visual monster
2: for the episode. Well, that's
0: why I say I think obviously that the, the clear answer to that is to give it some sort of visual representation as well. Although the I the glowing a, eyes were really cool. I ended, yeah, yes. which, which I thought yeah. was, which I thought was satisfactory. On the other hand, to probably maintain that special effect for all of the times that they needed to, <laughs> because he does turn into the the. Cro-Magnon man. Yeah, often. So I suppose in order to maintain that, it would probably be more costly to do it. But yeah, the glowing eyes was a really great effect.
2: Yeah. One thing I felt cheated on is when we, they, uh, uh, Riker and uh, Sarah Jane, they go and he goes, "Well, we go get the the thing." And so they sneak out of the cabin up at the bridge, and they go to the storage closet and they pick up the ray guns and a bunch of cable and some boxes. And he's like, "We'll set up a portable force field." And I'm like, "Okay, this will be cool." And he says, point them on the floor. So she starts laying these things down and pointing them at the doors and everything like that. And plugging in cables and everything like that. And then the bad guys come and bust in through the doors and we never really see them do anything with it. Oh, yeah. (laughs) I was just kind of like, oh. (laughs) I mean, you left the safety of the bridge to go get this stuff, right? So I kind of of wanted to see something happen. (laughs) At least see it deflect the, the bad guys.
0: No kind sort of like the, and maybe it's unintentional misdirection. Maybe I'm reading more into it than I thought. But each time that I've watched this, I remember thinking that they, that Sarah Jane and the Doctor have arrived years after this exhibition is there, and you kind of get that impression because the wrench almost looks like it's aged. It's like, oh yeah, the they, the, they, the initial group that the professor is a part of had been there for a long time, right?
2: But, and mummified corpses. And, yeah, exactly. And yeah. so,
0: but then when the when the professor shows back up, and it occurs to you that the that oh, he's coming back from the exhibition to the one play, place where they found the vein that had a lot of the materials. It had only been a night between that that time. Well, at least a night cycle between that time and the time that that Sarah and the doctor show up, and then again when the the, the ship arrives. So, but they give the impression that that you know we saw something that had happened years prior. And then the doctor and Sarah Jane, because there's a there's a, uh, 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 and again I think it's an unintentional misdirection where the doctor talks about being off by so many years too when they're trying to uh, return to London, and not only yeah. have they ro- arrived in the wrong location, they've arrived in arrived the wrong time, and that's obviously to convey that it's it's you know many years in the future. However. It kind of it trips you up, making you think that perhaps you know, like you say, with the corpses laying there that that have you know been sucked dry, disappear and then, then, then reappear. Which that was kind of an odd choice too. Well, but and when I suppose get, for the effect, maybe that. You was, need to have a body well, to we're, find. We're, yeah. when, when, when we get
2: into the base, there's um, he finds the distress signal. Yeah. Comments yeah. that that's it's, and it's that's worn down. Yeah, that's the other forever.
0: thing that it's been running for a long time. That's and I think that's what makes you think, oh gosh, it's they they came here years later only to find out that, no, oh, it was just the night before.
2: I struggled with that for a while, and I haven't gone back and looked this one up. I should have, of all the things I looked up on this. It made me wonder, because of the professor's comments when the guy says, well, we can come back to the vein, he says, we can't, it won't be here, the planet changes, it makes me wonder if there's, like, time pockets or, or something, mm. that there's a weird time dilation effect that's happening, so that when they get back to a vein now, maybe they're at that point way in the future and it's not there anymore. Just something that I wonder if had been written in there and then got dropped because I thought maybe it was just a little too much. Could be, could
0: but, be. The, but you can easily apply to the fact that whatever this is that's in this, this entity that's in this planet is is obviously moving that material around. Yeah. That's why I they're having a to. hard time finding That's why they planet of evil. <laughs> that's why they're having a hard time finding these veins because once it's discovered, the thing moves whatever materials they're looking for to a new location.
2: Maybe it's Califrex.
0: <laughs> <laughs> anything else about this one I really liked it <laughs> alright Sean what do we got coming up on the schedule well coming up on we got the a sh- lot coming, <clears throat> up coming up on the schedule
2: coming up on the schedule
0: whole new schedule. we got a so schedule. whole
2: new schedule, which is, of course, available on our website, TravelingTheVortex.com. Of you... course,
0: Keith and I have both made him amend it twice. Yes. <laughs> well, once was my fault. Well, once, once was each. you being difficult. <laughs> <laughs>
2: um, if, you, uh, if you're one of those people that likes to follow along at home and do your homework with us this week, uh, it's a short week now, uh, but we're going to be uh, listening to some poem again. Speaking of Woo-hoo. The Eighth Doctor, uh, we are in Season 3. Thank you, Keith. Yes. Of the Eighth Doctor Adventures, we're going to listen to um, number two, Hot House. And then we are also uh, reviewing uh, the next batch of Titan Comics for the Ninth Doctor, finishing off season one or series one or first year, whatever they're calling these things now.
0: (laughs) Right now it's just called Ongoing. (laughs) The
2: Ongoing. uh, But it's uh, nine through 15, right?
0: Mm Ten through 15. Ten through
2: 15. 15. We did nine. Uh, so, 10 through 15. So, five issues of a comic and then some Big Finish. The following week is kind of similar because we're going to do the next 8th Doctor Big Finish audio adventure in uh, Season 3, which is The Beast of Orlock, And uh, then we're doing which Doctor is that? Uh, 12th no, doctor. 12. uh The 12th Doctor issues. I'm trying to do this from memory. And I shouldn't have done that. Um,
0: well, this is where it gets complicated.
2: Yeah, because there's four issues involved in this one. There's three together, and then we skip one and we go oh, to the no, next that, one. Oh, no, that's
0: tenth doctor. Then yeah, the it's tenth doctor. doctor that we six skip through on. eight
2: and ten. Six through eight and ten, because nine is part of Lost Dimension. Lost Dimension, which we've decided we're going to do all of Lost Dimension together, and we are fairly confident that Lost Dimension does not tie in in any way, shape, or form to the existing run of comics. So it does. Just, don't tell me
1: that! <laughs> so, that, to make it easier, when Titan released the graphic novel for 10, which is Facing Fate Vortex Butterflies, it is just those issues. Yeah, It skips over Lost Dimension.
2: Which indicates to me that it doesn't really have anything to do it with... It does, and I was just <laughs> trying to
1: coach <code> you. <laughs> Jerk. <laughs> so, if you just run out and pick up that graphic novel or check it out digitally, uh, you'll be able to...
2: Read along with us. Read the same ones.
0: Can't read along with me because I've already read it. Oh two weeks <laughs> ahead,
2: Clint. I know, right? How well, are you gonna remember what happened then? I
1: probably won't. <laughs> I struggle
0: with that. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't have anything to do, guys. <laughs> you finished all your shows. <laughs> I did. I was laying in bed and I I read the Ninth Doctor stuff and I thought, I've got the tenth doctor stuff I'll read it too. <laughs>
2: So, ninth doctor this week, tenth doctor the following week. And then, uh, it's the following week. The
1: following week, we're going to look back at the
2: Moffat era. Oh, that's right. Uh, 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 I, I began to think to myself, it was like, we should do a macho, <clears throat> a matchet. We should do a Moffat retrospective. That's what happens when you take two words that are not meant to go together and shove them together a and make word. a retrospective.
1: That's what it's called now.
2: <laughs> but, uh, I said, we should, we should do a mot uh <clears throat> We should, we, should motra, we should do a retrospective. We should do a retrospective now that it's official. And uh, and I couldn't remember I knew that we had done an early one, but I couldn't remember how early. In the 40s. I didn't even
0: remember doing one. So. Really? No. Nope. I, I we did one for RTD. <laughs> yeah, I remember T doing one know. for RTD. We, we, but we, I we apparently talked one.
2: 5 and 6 about <laughs> RTD. RTD. RTD.
0: Did I say RDT? RTD? RTD. <laughs> we both did. RTD.
2: But um yeah, no, Russell. <laughs> You know who should be here for this? Back
0: Russell. when we did our Russell Russell-spective. <laughs>
2: <laughs> but, um, yeah, so I thought we should we should do one now that it's officially over with. And it's been a month, so we can kind of put a little distance between us and the Christmas special and see where we're at with it. So we're going to kind of recap what we thought. And it'll be especially meaningful for Keith since it was his first real era. That's true. Of who coming to an end.
1: I'm I've gone back and... Started rewatching season five in preparation for this. Oh really? Yeah. Well I just did all of Capaldi leading up to Christmas, so I might as well knock these three seasons out too.
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> so just my arm. Yeah. When he
0: says watching, he means he's has them on in the background while he's working. But... Yeah,
1: or <laughs> while Jim is asleep on my chest. Yeah. <laughs>
2: I, I booted up a, a, a BBC America. I wonder if Doctor Who's on. at six in the morning. Of course, Doctor Who's on. It's BBC America. <laughs> and it was Fear Her. And I went, nope. <laughs> <laughs> not, not even a little bit. But, um, yeah. So, you know, no no homework that week. Unless you want to go back and watch ten, five yeah. seasons of Who. Uh, but just... Uh, five just... seasons
1: plus. Because you got the specials Oh, the there. specials
2: and the... Yeah. But... Um, well, the other specials, not the special specials. Right. Right.
1: The spread out specials.
0: <laughs> what are you talking about?
1: Time of the Doctor, Day of the Doctor, and oh, then yeah. the Christmas specials and the gap year for Capaldi.
0: Well, those are still part of the seasons.
2: Did you say the specials,
0: I think... Yeah, I know. Yeah. Those, the, I those, think
1: those, those specials, specials. You gotta watch the last specials. five minutes of End of Time, and then... <laughs>
0: was the best part of the end of time. Arguably. (laughs) The only part worth watching at the end
2: of time. Uh, It's got Wilf in it. That's true. true. And I I don't mind the master plan (laughs) with the master race. (laughs) Uh, Okay. Uh, That's neither here nor there, because we're not doing that. But no homework for the final final, uh, week of um, January, unless you want to watch five years plus... <laughs> of, uh, of 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 Moffat's run. Yeah, because so.
0: we had a whole year off, so there's really sick. And I expect Andy <laughs> to to
2: write in with all kinds of feedback about this particular era of who. <laughs> That's me poking the bear with a stick. Who? Andy.
0: Andy. Oh gosh. Andy. <laughs> Why
2: don't you tell us how much you love this era of who, Andy? <laughs> I'll
0: have to set aside a tirade section of the <laughs> uh anything else this week we need to talk about i know uh if people want to contact us they can do what keith they can go to our website traveling the com,
1: where you can also find the schedule and just click on the send us feedback tab and uh that'll send it to us or you can send it directly to feedback at traveling the com.
0: you can also find us on various forms of social media yep and uh if you want to help us financially we do have a patron um, site where you can donate to this show and every bit of that money goes right back into this show. Anything else we need to cover this week, Sean? I don't believe so. Are you sure? Mm, yeah, pretty sure. If that's going to do it for this week, until next week, I'm glad. I'm Sean. I'm Keith. Cheers. Good night, everybody. Be seeing you. Thanks for listening.
2: What he said. Ditto.